Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of the V-Down. As always, bringing it to you on the V-Down, it's Michael V. First, we want to talk to you about the DDP Yoga Hardship Fund. Uh, if you're wanting to own your life and you can't quite financially afford it, go to FocusForwardYoga.com today. Get hooked up with Liz. She'll explain the program to you. Try to get you hooked up if you qualify for it. Or if you're just wanting to donate to the program, FocusForwardYoga.com. There's links to donate via PayPal. Or uh, however you can, donate today, help somebody own their life. Now we're going to get to today's guest. He's a former NFL Pro Bowl running back. His name is Thomas Jones. How are you doing today, Thomas? Hey, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Now, coming up pretty soon on April 30th, we have the NFL Draft, which you are no stranger to, being a number seven overall draft choice at the Arizona Cardinals. Can you kind of take us through uh, what that draft day is like for a player? Uh, it's, it's it's pretty um, it's pretty pretty exciting to say the least. For, especially if you're the position I was in, I knew I was I was going to be a top ten uh, draft pick. And um, I guess as a kid, you know, you you always have this dream of of um, becoming you know an NFL player. In my case, and you work really hard in, in, in you know, high school and, and hopefully get a scholarship and, and then you get a scholarship or you walk onto a team and you hope to have a chance to just, you know, get a, uh, even if it's a free agent contract in the NFL, you know, uh, just to be a part of it and then to know that you're actually going to be a top 10 draft pick and actually be at the draft. I mean, it's, it was just an amazing experience. It's very nerve wracking. I mean, obviously the next few years of your life are going to be determined with that, with where you drafted, um, but it's something I will never forget. I, I was I was very nervous, but I was excited at the same time. Now you were draft number seven, so you got uh, pulled up on stage. I'm guessing it's been a while since I've seen that, so I can't quite remember. But uh, yeah. when you got pulled up on there, and you know they had the Arizona Cardinals jersey number one handed to you, uh, was it overwhelming? Or was it even real? And it, I mean, how long did it take for all that to really sink into you? It was very overwhelming, to be honest. Uh, I I was supposed to go number five to the Baltimore Ravens, uh, and at that time they only had the, the top five projected uh, draft picks at the draft. And so, you know, I watched the first four guys go, and I was hoping that I would go to Baltimore because they were close to where I was from in Virginia. My family and friends would be able to come play. See, play, see me play in Baltimore. 
And with the fifth pick, they, they selected Jamal Lewis. So that was really uh, – uh, it, it was a surprise, and then it started to make me very, very – it was very nerve-wracking because now I'm the last guy there. Um, and then the sixth, the sixth pick they picked, they selected – the Eagles selected Corey Simon. And uh, I knew the Cardinals were looking for a running back. And so the whole time I was kind of just sweating bullets. And then my phone rang, and it was a 602 area code. It was Arizona. And uh, they said, are you ready to be a Cardinal? So in one way, I was excited. I was very, very excited because I was like, wow, I cannot believe this is happening to me. I'm really going to be drafted uh, in the NFL. And my lifelong dream was about to come true. But on the other hand, it was a little bit uh, disappointing because I wanted to go to Baltimore. I wanted to be close to my family. I didn't want to have to fly all the way across the country and live all the way across the country. So it was a little bit bittersweet. But once I heard my name and I walked out on the stage and Paul Tagley blew him in my jersey, my hat, and my family was there. I mean, it was just, it was priceless, priceless. Now, uh, I read, you know, saw a little bit of your backstory uh, on your website. Uh, now, when you be, I mean, obviously, your top ten draft choice, you, you got paid some money. What was it like being able to get that money and then uh, give back to your family who'd uh, worked so hard uh, in the coal mines? I was that was that was my motivation to make it to the NFL. My, my mother and father worked in the coal mines. My, my father worked one year, was laid off, and then he couldn't get back in. And my mother uh, worked actually for 19 years underground, and um, the majority of the time she worked a who owl shift, which is 12 a.m. to 8 a.m. So my motivation was my family. I have a big family. I have five sisters. I have, uh, I have a younger brother, um, and I was the third kid. So my motivation the whole time was to get my mother out of the coal mines and to provide a better life for my family. You know, my town is very small, 4,500 people and where I'm from in Virginia. And there's not too many opportunities. And um, my motivation was really to get my mother out of the coal mines, get her out of harm's way, and uh, to provide a better life, especially for my younger siblings, you know, to help put them through college and just make their life better than mine was. And uh, you were able to do that. So, I mean, that just goes to show what hard work and determination can do for somebody uh since you're able to do that and you were saying that you're wanting to be in baltimore because it was closer to your family stuff but you did have to go to arizona uh not only the jump from nfl to actually having to live in an area that's completely different from what you were used to what was there a culture shock issue at first for you it was a huge culture shock issue uh, i'm three hours behind um, you know, I'm on Pacific time, so if I wanted to talk to someone at home uh, at 9 p.m., it's just 12 a.m. their time, so they're asleep. So I had a lot of uh, time to myself in Arizona, especially the first few months. Um, I didn't really see any of my friends or family until um, the middle of the season um, when my family had a chance to come to a game um, because my younger brother was still he was playing in Notre Dame. So it was it was tough. Um, the time zone difference, the, the 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 lifestyle was a lot different. Everything in Virginia closes a lot later, three o'clock, four o'clock. And I was used to hanging out on college the college campuses and going to college parties and things. And then going to Arizona was different because it was everything closed at one o'clock. You know, if you go hang out at a nightclub or a bar at twelve forty-five, they cut the lights on and they're taking your, you know, your your cocktail out of your hand. So. It was that was a huge difference. Plus the the weather, you know, in Virginia it's humid, but in Arizona it's very very dry and it's really hot. Uh, when I landed the next day in Arizona after I was drafted, um, 
when I went outside after I got my bags, um, I felt like I just walked into an, an oven. Uh, it, was, <laughs> it was ninety. It was it was it was ninety six degrees, and it was uh, twelve thirty a.m. Um, and then uh, everything was dark, so I went to the hotel, check in, and I woke up the next morning, looked out my window, and there was no green trees or grass anywhere. It was all brown. Um, it was a huge culture shock for me, a huge culture shock. But uh, eventually I got used to it, and I ended up really, really appreciating how beautiful it was out there. Now, uh, being a top-ten draft choice, or actually even a first-round draft choice, there is tremendous pressure to perform early. Uh, how much pressure was there on you? Did Was it something you really felt, or was it you just went out and played your game? There was a lot of pressure. They... Uh, in coming out of the draft, I was the the, the rated the number one back, and um, you know to be selected in the top ten, the second best, you know second best back, you know taken in the draft. There's a lot of pressure. Um, yeah, they give you a lot of money. You were highly touted in, in college, and a lot of times when you're that drafted that high, you usually go to a team that didn't do so well the year before. So there's a lot of expectations on you to come in and, and help turn the team around. And a lot of times people don't really take into consideration the type of system you're in, the 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 people who are there, who were there before you get you were you were drafted, the people who are still there, the team chemistry. I mean, there are a lot of things that you have to take into consideration. And uh, being a rookie, especially a high draft pick, I mean, there's a lot of expectations from the coaches, the players. There's a lot of older players who aren't necessarily making the type of money you're making. So they're looking at that. You have to fit in with the team. You have to fit in with the city, the fans. And you have a really small period of time to prove yourself uh, within the first few games. If you haven't really made that many plays, uh, you know, they're kind of ready to get down on you because they want to win. And that's expected. You know, the team wants to win. The owners, they, you know, they bring you in and pay you a lot of money. They expect you to make plays. So for whatever reason, if you're not making those plays, um, yeah, it can definitely be tough, as it was for me. Now, you did find yourself in a situation where you didn't spend much time with the team that drafted you. It was only a few seasons in Arizona and then a short stop in Tampa Bay. But then you got to Chicago where you found success and even got to play in the Super Bowl and rushed for 112 yards. Uh, How was your experience in going from just spending a few years in Arizona to actually uh, spending a good quality amount of time in Chicago? It was it was it was difficult. It was very difficult because when you when you move to another team, it's like moving to another job. Especially when you have to change locations, it's it's almost like you work, you know, at, at a certain job in Virginia, and you get transferred to Arizona, and then you go from Arizona to Tampa for the same job, and then to Chicago for the same job. I mean, there's a lot of moving. There's a lot of things you have to adapt to. You have to adapt to the weather. I mean, I go from, you know, Arizona where it's very dry and very hot to Tampa where it's humid again. And then from Tampa to Chicago where it's uh, it's in the winter sometimes it can get, you know, below zero, which it did a lot. Um, so there was, there's a lot of things that you have to deal with. Um, but, you know, what I did was I continued to work hard. I continued to stay focused and, and, have, and, and have confidence in myself despite some of the things that didn't go well for me early. And I was able to find a really good place in in, uh, in Chicago. I came there with Lovey Lovey Smith's first year. I, I came with him, and they built a nice little 
group of, of, of guys there, and, a, and a nice. And we had a nice chemistry. We lost the first year. We were five and eleven, I think, but we were able to learn from all those mistakes. They added some really good players the next few seasons, and and I was able to adapt and find a home there. So it was it was a really good transition for me going to Chicago and then playing in the Super Bowl and playing in the playoff games there. Two years in a row. I mean, it was just a great, great experience. I'm used to winning. You know, in high school, I won two straight champions, two straight state championships. Uh, my junior and senior year, we won 26 straight games. Uh, football has always been important. I've always wanted to win. So for me to have the chance to make it all the way to the Super Bowl, even though we didn't win, it was uh, it was it was a really great experience. Now, you now you did have all that great experience in Chicago, and then you went to the Jets, or it seems like. Uh, I mean, just at least statistically speaking, you had the best years of your career. I mean, that's where you made the Pro Bowl. Uh, how was your experience there in, uh, well, Chicago is called the New York of the West. How was it actually going from the New York of the West to New York? It was a fairly easy transition. Uh, I, I was used to being on the East Coast. Coming from Virginia, I have a lot of friends that I went to college with that were from New York and a lot of friends from home in Virginia, so it was closer for them to, to come to the games and support me. Um, playing in New York City is is a great experience. It's just, you know, it's one of the greatest cities in the world. I mean, there's so many opportunities there. Um, the one thing about New York is, you know, they're a very tough crowd, so if you're winning, you're going to get a lot of love. And unfortunately, my first year there in New York, we were 4-12, and 12, so it wasn't that pretty, <laughs> but... <laughs> the same thing kind of happened, and as, as in Chicago, they brought in some some good players the next year, and, and we were able to rebuild and, and win a lot of games. And I was able to to uh, establish myself as the running back and a leader on the team, as I've done pretty much everywhere else I was at. And then uh, we were one game away from the Super Bowl again in 2009. So yeah, I mean, statistically, it was probably it was the best place. That, that the best team that I played for from a, from a statistical standpoint, um, but just the city of New York. I mean, it's just it's a great city, and Chicago is a great city. I mean, I was blessed, you know, my whole career to play in great cities, and they're all different regions of the country. I, I had an opportunity to experience a lot of different, a lot of different cultures. I mean, playing in, in Arizona, Phoenix is a beautiful city. Tampa is a beautiful city. Chicago is like one of the best cities ever, from the fans to the culture. And then New York is, is obviously just the Big Apple. So, And then Kansas City is just like the heart of the country. I mean, it's right in the middle. It's, I mean, it's beautiful. It's like, I don't know. Um, I, I was just really blessed to play on all those teams. I guess when I was going from team to team, I was like, wow, you know, why doesn't anyone, why doesn't anyone want me? You know, but now when I look at my, my, uh, my, my game room at my house and I see five different jerseys from five different NFL teams, it's like I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it for the world. Now I I touched on it in your intro uh, where you made the Pro Bowl in 2008. Uh, what was that experience being considered one of the best in the in the league uh, that year? And getting, I mean, it was just being in the Pro Bowl is just a collection of the best players that are in the league that year. What was it like for you achieving that? It was a great accomplishment. I I, I in high school I was an All American and. In college, I was a, I was a first team consensus All American, and so I'd always been ranked amongst the best at each level. So the Pro Bowl in in the NFL is basically your peers and coaches and fans. Um, 
So I guess a lot of times, you know, in the NFL, the Pro Bowls, you know, I think it's, it's political. Um, there's a lot of political things that go into the Pro Bowls, not sometimes just your talent. Um, and I think, I guess, for me, the next year after I went to the Pro Bowl in 2008, after 2008 season, I had better numbers 2009, and I, and I was at first alternate. So I guess for me, I have a lot of mixed feelings about the Pro Bowl. I think it's a great game. It's it's fun. It's a great accomplishment. There's a lot of great players in the NFL that never made a Pro Bowl that should have. So, you know, that being said, I, I was excited about going, but honestly, I, I didn't really put too much uh, thought into it because uh, I knew that it was something that was pretty much subjective to um, voters, you know, and not necessarily your talent sometimes. Right. And I think, I mean, that's always a debated issue when the Pro Bowl comes up. But you hit the Pro Bowl when you're in New York, and then you spent your final two seasons with, in my opinion, the best team ever. Well, not statistically <laughs> speaking, not the best team ever, but definitely my favorite, the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, you got to play all over the place. Uh, what was your experience uh, coming to Kansas City? It was a great experience. Kansas City, and it was perfect timing for me. I'd been in. Chicago and New York, two major cities where, you know, it's very, very busy. And and I was coming to the end of my career. Uh, Kansas City really gave me an opportunity to kind of settle down and and unwind with my personal life. Um, Kansas City reminded me of where I'm from in Virginia. It it took me back home, Um, especially my first year there when we won the division in 2010. We won the uh, AFC West. And uh, it was just great because I I went to the Chiefs to a 4-12 year before, and we ended up being uh, 10-6 and six in the regular season. And I was just very, very proud. I was the, I had a Man of the Year nomination for my team. Um, that was one of the best years of my career. I had a chance to play with Jamal Charles and all those other guys, Dwayne Bow, um, I mean, Derek Johnson. These are all, they were all young players that I had an opportunity to play with and, and, and help mentor. And um, that's the beauty of, of being an older player is when you're able to go somewhere and see talent and see potentially younger guys and, and help mold them and, and help do the best you can to make them the best players they can be. When I sit back and watch the Chiefs, I watch all the teams, you know, uh, for the most part. But the team that I pay attention to the most is the Chiefs probably because those kids are like my little brothers. They're like my little brothers. Um, I see those guys now and then I see them just doing well. And it's like, man, I just smile every time. Every time I see their games and I see them doing well and, I mean, playing in Kansas City, I used to I used to live in the plaza, so I would be at Jack's Bank Barbecue every day. Those people were like my family there. Um, you know, Kansas City is just a very unique place. It's a very unique place, and I had a very unique personal experience. I, I, I was a part of the lighting ceremony um, to start the, the Christmas holidays, which was which was amazing. It was so I felt like I felt like a rock star. Um, it was amazing, man. Kansas City is an amazing city, amazing place to play football. Great, great fans. That stadium, Sea Red, like, very tough place to play for an opponent. And uh, I'm just very glad I had a chance to experience Kansas City, especially my last few years. Now, you said that, you know, you like watching them because, you know, you kind of felt like their big brother. So, I mean, it's got to be kind of especially pleasing, like, to see how – basically awesome Jamal Charles, who you shared the backfield with, has just done, I mean, basically his entire career. Yeah, I mean, he's a great person, first and foremost. One of the most selfless people 
dedicated, great personality. I mean, I was just thankful and proud to have a chance to get to know him first as a person. And, and I was thankful and grateful I had a chance to play with him. He's got such a natural ability. I've Honestly, I've been on a lot of running backs in my career, but I've never seen a running back with his instincts and vision. It's um, it's pretty amazing to watch every day in practice to see this guy find his way through holes. That I'm like, how did he get through that? Or how did he make that play? I mean, the guy's just an amazing talent. And um, I love him. Just, just, you know, watching him grow over the years. I mean, the guy's become a leader of the team. And um, and when I think of my time there with him, you know, I remember the, my second year he he had the ACL injury, and then for him to bounce back from the ACL and to just kill it like that is like it says a lot about his dedication, his hard work, his determination, and it says a lot about the people around him. Great trainers there in Kansas City. Um, I mean, we had some really good coaches there. Great front office. I mean, Kansas City is is one of the one of the best places to play in the NFL. It is. I mean, it, it truly is. As far as the fan support, I mean, I saw a red school bus, you know, come pull it up to the mm-hmm. stadium every day. Like, and, I mean, these fans are like, they're fans, you know, and, and it's just, I don't know. It's just a very unique, it was a very unique experience Kansas City was, and I'm very, very grateful. Like I said, I had a chance to play there. Right. Now, we talked, I mean, 30 minutes was a long time, so we kind of rushed through your football career, but I do want to talk about what you got going now. Uh, now you uh, have done. You're doing some acting now. You're uh, been on the show, being Mary Jane. Tell us about how you got involved in that. Uh, when I retired, I was pretty much just. You know, I don't have a wife or kids or anything, and I was really just trying to find something that I loved, something that was a challenge, something new. And sometimes being a football player, especially playing as long as I played, you don't really have an opportunity to be as creative as you may like to be because football is very time consuming and it's very structured. So I literally was just lost when I retired and I started producing a TV series in Miami um, with this actor named Clifton Powell. He's been in a lot of really big projects, big movies. And uh, I was acting in it as well. And I worked with him. He said, Hey, you know, you're a natural, you, know, you should take some acting classes. So I started taking a few classes and I really wasn't taking it that seriously. It was just kind of something to do on the side. Um, but I started going, going on auditions and I started to get cast for a couple of projects and my agency was like, Hey, you know, you might have a chance here, you know, you should take it seriously. So, um, I started to get in more classes and I started to actually find that acting helped me kind of detox from football. Um, in football, you're taught to be, you know, this, these big, tough, strong, mean guys and not to be exposed and not to be vulnerable. And that's not reality in life. Everyone has moments where they are exposed and they're vulnerable. And um, being an actor really helped me tap into that because football just literally, it takes, it kind of dehumanizes you in a lot of ways. And I was ended up, I ended up getting cast for a show called Shameless on Showtime. Um, and then I ended up getting cast for this show of being Mary Jane on BET. And just, being a part of the show and just what the show stands for and then my character and then the script, having to understand the material. Like, I don't know. It's just really exciting now because this is such an unpredictable industry. And I think it's just it's similar to football. You know, you every week you go out there, it's, it's very unpredictable. You could get play the game or you could break your leg. You know, it's like you kind of, you kind of get addicted to the unpredictability of it. And that's what I found in acting. It's the same thing. It's very unpredictable. It takes one role for you to possibly, 
your career to take off and kind of what's happening right now with this role I have on the Speed Mary Jane show. Uh, now, I, I see it on Twitter all the time that people are just loving you on the show. Sorry, I don't have cable, so I'm not able to watch. No, it's okay. But, it's okay. <laughs> but uh, are you finding that you are starting to get more interest with the success you're having on being Mary Jane from uh, – you know, other people, other shows are, are, you know, looking for talent? Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how it works. Um, you know, when, you, when you're able to be on a show and, and um, you know, I was blessed enough to work next to Gabrielle Union, who's one of the biggest actresses in the industry. Uh, she's an A-list actress. She's a great, a great actress. She's been doing this for a long time. And when you're able to have scenes with her, and, and a lot of my scenes have been pretty intense, intimate scenes, um, then, you know, it lets other people know that, hey, you know, this guy can hang. He can hang. And um, and that's really what they want to see. They want to know if, if they can put you on their show, if you can bring value to the project. So uh, I was blessed enough from, to, to be cast by Twinkie Bird, who was the casting director, and Robbie Reed, uh, who was the head of casting at BET. They believed in me and gave me a shot, and, and, um, and I was able to take advantage of it. So, yeah, other people are definitely noticing but the thing about acting is you can always get better, and that's the thing about me. I love to work. I love to get better and progress, and, and that's what I've done. I'm in L.A. mostly now. I'm in acting classes every week and getting better and better and starting to understand the craft more and break down the projects and material more. And, and now, you know, it's weird. I went from being an NFL football player to a certified actor. Now, what kind of work goes into doing a show? I mean, what what's about a typical day of uh you know, taping. It's basically a hurry up and wait. <laughs> Honestly, it's um, there's a certain call time. You may have a three o'clock call time where you'll they'll pick you up and take you to the set, and you'll have almost like a playbook, your script, so you'll know which scene you're shooting that day. You'll have your lines. Um, You'll go to your trailer. They'll have your wardrobe in there, which you're going to wear in the, in the scene. And then you'll go to hair and makeup. So if I need a, a haircut, if I'm like when I'm being Mary Jane, they want me to be younger. So they'll give me a lower a lower haircut, shave my beard down, so I look younger. Um, and then if you need touch ups or anything for how you know as far as um, any type of makeup or anything for a camera, then you'll do that. And then. You'll have a time where they'll come and get you, take you to the location that you're shooting, and then you'll usually do a rehearsal with your scene partner and the director, and they'll set up the camera for the lights, and next thing you know, um, you're in the scene, and action, and then you go. And then, you know, based on how much work you've done is how well you're going to be able to pull off your scene, just like with anything else. So... All right, well, we're about out of time, Thomas. I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, for those of you that are listening, hey, make sure you catch Thomas on Being Mary Jane on BET. Keep a lookout for him. He's going to be doing more stuff. Uh, you can also uh, check him out at Twitter. Uh, pretty cool guy that I've talked to him a few times on Twitter. Hey, he came on the show. How, how can you get cooler than that? So thank you for coming on. <laughs> thank you, man. Tonight, actually, uh, 10 p.m. Eastern. Uh, you can check B and Mary Jane out on BET. Uh, I have the first scene tonight. Me and Gabrielle open up the show. 
And uh, the hashtag, my nickname, my name is Brandon Gibson on the show, but my nickname is Cuddy Buddy. So that's the hashtag, hashtag <laughs> Cuddy Buddy. And I also developed a technology company. So uh, I developed an app that's out on the market now for iPhone and Android. It's called Castar, C-A-S-T-A-R. And you can go to the website at castarapp.com, C-A-S-T-A-R-A-P-P.com. And it's a social networking app that will allow you to promote anything you want to promote, jobs, events, um, it's a two-sided app, so you can sign in as a cast star if you're going to promote an event or a job, and you sign in as a cast if you want to upload your talent or your ability. It's not just acting, it's everything. It's almost like a Craigslist mixed with an Instagram and LinkedIn. Um, but if you're a cast, you get to upload six pictures, you get to upload a full-screen video of up to six minutes, and you put all of your information, your emails, anything you've done, your specifics. It's a really cool app, and we right now, we've launched it about a month or so ago. Um, and the numbers are going up. A lot of people are getting opportunities off this app. So it's Castar, C-A-S-T-A-R, and it's for free. It's free. It's available right now on Android and uh, in the Play Store and in the App Store. All right. You heard there. Might be something I have to check out for my podcast. So once again, thanks for coming on the show, Thomas. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it, man. Go Chiefs. <laughs> That's right. Go Chiefs. And that was former All-Pro running back Thomas Jones. And, like he said, you can see him tonight on Being Mary Jane. He's got the first scene of Gabrielle Union. If you can watch it, don't miss it. That's all. Thanks for getting down on the V-Dam. You have been listening to another episode of the V-Dam. Tune in next Tuesday, 5 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and get down on the beat down.